Okay, so we're in uh, Ecclesiastes uh, chapter 11. Now, if uh, you're going to use the Pew Bible, which is in front of you, it'll be on page 559. So the Bible in front of you, the Pew, page 559, chapter 11, uh, verse 7, and then we'll be going through verse 8 in chapter 12. So uh, in this section, uh, Solomon gives us three instructions. And it's right there in the text. He says, Rejoice, uh, which is uh, verse, uh, 11, uh, chapter 11, verses 7 through 9. He says, Remove, uh, chapter 11, uh, verse 10. And then remember, uh, chapter 12, 1 through 8. So rejoice, remove, and remember. It's right there. Now Solomon's going to be talking about youth and aging. But his audience... The, the, the people he's actually addressing are youth. But you'll see that it has application for all of us. Now, I'm, I'm not going to def define youth for you here, okay? You, you define youth for yourself. I read somewhere that youth was like up until 40, and I'm like, well, where did they come up with that? I, I don't know. So, what's that? 90. That, that's, that's what I think. Anyway, I'll let you define youth. Uh, so for context, this section is a poem. And, and Solomon uses poetic uh, language. And, and as with much poetry, uh, the words don't, uh, aren't always meant to be taken literally. So some of these verses that uh, Solomon uh, uses, some of these words are, are very colorful. They're, they're figurative, uh, maybe even symbolic. And of course, all these words were originally written in Hebrew and, and, and to a, a Hebrew culture that was vastly uh, different than ours. So if you're reading along or, or you're listening um, to the verses uh, that I'm saying, you're, you're going to be saying, well, how did you get that out of that? Yeah, but just, just stay with me because it's not always easy to get to the original uh, meaning. For example, verse 7 says, light is sweet. Okay, light is sweet and it is pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. So if you were to take that literally, uh, you might be thinking, well, how can light be sweet? You know, how can light be sweet like sugar or, or honey or, or that nasty brown goo that everybody in Vermont loves to eat that you call maple syrup and, and, and you add it to everything? Okay, so, so how, can, how can light be sweet? And, and, and the next thing it says, uh, and how can it be pleasant to see the sun? I mean, I mean, we were told that when you look at the sun, you'll go blind. All right, but, but uh, this is poetic language. And, and light is sweet is a Hebrew way of saying life is good or life is sweet. Because light often represents life in the Hebrew uh, writing. And uh, it is pleasant for the eyes to see the sun is meant to reinforce the claim that um, life is good or life is sweet. Now, I used to have this um, pastel orange life is good t-shirt. And I don't, I don't remember the, the picture on the front, but I think it, it had a Frisbee. And, and the reason I say that is because I also had an orange life is good Frisbee. So, I, you know, I'm all about, you know, coordinating uh, my, my wardrobe. Uh, so the point is, is that it was one of my t-shirts that I like to wear as sort of a statement, you know. 
uh, because next to the picture or under the picture it said life is good. So uh, I, I enjoyed wearing that t-shirt because I wanted uh, people to know that I really thought that life is indeed good. So for me that was kind of a, a statement uh, t-shirt for me. You know, until I ruined it by getting chlorine on it from the pool. But, uh, but that's what Solomon is trying to say here uh, to the youth. Now we have to remember that many commentators uh, conclude that Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes as an old man. And, and he's looking back at his life. And, and in this section, this poem uh, gives credence uh, that uh, he's, he's in his old age and he's looking back at his life and, he, and he's offering this advice uh, to the young. And he continues with his advice in verse 8 by saying, So if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in them all. I, I, I prefer how the NIV puts it. It says, however many years anyone may live. So however many years anyone may live, let them enjoy them all. So however many years anyone may live, let them rejoice in them all. And in keeping with that instruction to rejoice, verse 9 begins the same way. He says, rejoice, O young man, and of course, uh, woman. Rejoice, O young man or woman, in your youth. And, and that's our first directive that, that Solomon gives us. And, and this verse, again, tells us who Solomon is speaking to. It's young people, people in their youth. So Solomon uh, continues in verse 9. Uh, again, rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes. Now, um, just like a wise uh, grandfather or a wise uh, old man, Solomon will eventually include some buts here. Okay, He has to throw in some buts or some cautions. But we're going to talk about the positives first. So I'm going to, I'm going to read these verses uh, together again, uh, but without the cautions. Light is sweet, and it is pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. So if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in them all. Rejoice, O young man or woman, in your youth. Let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes. So Solomon is admonishing the youth to rejoice in your life uh, because life is a gift. That's in verse 9. Verse 8, make the most of your days because your days will go by quickly. Uh, we all know that. I mean, old age comes along quickly and, and so doesn't uh, all the, the associated issues uh, that come along with old age. That we'll, we'll get to in chapter 12. And then uh, verse 9 again, rejoice in your life. Rejoice in your youth because uh, life is a gift. Now, I happen to like this uh, particular command or, or directive because what it says to me, and, and along with other scripture, is that uh, Christians can have fun too. Christians can have fun too. I mean, did you know that? Did you know that Christians can have fun too? I mean, and especially uh, young people. Um, sometimes young people think that uh, Christianity seems like it's a bunch of rules and regulations and, and a bunch of uh, don't do thises and a don't, bunch of don't do thats. But, but even in its fallen state, even in post-Eden, 
the world is still a beautiful place. Amen? The world is still a beautiful place and God has created us in His image, which means we think and we, we feel and we create and we love and we serve and we enjoy you know, all beautiful things. And, and God also created us to taste and to see and to smell and, and to hear and to touch. And even, even in this world, even in this fallen world that we're so often reminded of, you know, there, there is beauty to experience and create. And, and, and there are books to be read and written. And, and there are places to visit and explore. And things to be discovered and invented. And people to love and fall in love with. And in between, or, or why are you doing these things? You know, don't be afraid to sing and don't be afraid to dance and hug and hold hands and cry and skip and don't be afraid to take naps if you're tired and buy flowers and eat ice cream and read Dr. Seuss. Don't be afraid to read Dr. Seuss. And don't be afraid to get to know the stranger that's sitting next to you in the bus or the train or the plane or who's sitting next to you in class. And don't be afraid to try new things like painting or gardening or sailing or skydiving or photography or squid. Maybe not squid. I mean, doesn't the psalmist say, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. That's Psalm 118. I mean, that's in the Bible. And, and it's for every day. It wasn't just written for the psalmist. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So again, make the best of your days, Solomon is saying. Why? Because they go by so quickly. And he says as much in verse 8. He says, the days of darkness will be many. All that comes is vanity. I know, Dan, you hate that word. Where's Dan? Oh, he hates that word. Yes, but this, it's different here. So two things here. The days of, of darkness refer to old age. Especially as one inevitably, inevitably gets weaker and ever more frail. And again, we're going to talk about that more in chapter 12. And when Solomon uses the word vanity here, he means a vapor or fleeting. Uh, in other words, Life is short. Life is fleeting. Uh, in, in poetic words, life lasts as long as, as like a fragile wisp of vapor or, or a puff of smoke. You know, it's only there for a moment and then it just blows away. So enjoy life while you are young. Not because you are young, but while you are young. And now here's the caution. In the last part of verse 9, Solomon reminds the youth that they are still accountable to God. We're still accountable to God. He says, but know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. In other words, live life to the full. Enjoy life. Enjoy God's creation. Have fun. But do so within the boundaries set by God Himself, who knows what's good for us. Live well, but be wise, Solomon might say, in other words. 
Now, as we know from 1 Corinthians, Paul has a lot to say about this uh, topic. Twice in 1 Corinthians, Paul addresses the misuse of, of what, we, what we might call Christian liberty. So in, in the sixth chapter, uh, Paul addresses specific sins uh, related uh, to taking advantage of others in court and also uh, sexual immorality. So he's, he's talking to the uh, Corinthians about these things and he, he anticipates the Corinthians' response. And he writes, I have the right to do anything you say. Okay, so he's, again, he's talking to the Corinthians who, who claim this, claim they have the right to do anything. He says, I have the right to do anything you say. And then Paul says, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything. But Paul says, I will not be mastered by anything. So Paul is, is correcting uh, the Corinthian church in their view uh, where they seem to think that just because they've been saved and they can't lose their salvation, well, I have the right to do anything. But Paul says, not everything is beneficial and I will not be mastered by anything. So even if all things were lawful, not everything should be done and, and nothing should be allowed to that would enslave us as a sinful habit. So that, that's Paul's uh, caution. And then again in chapter 10, Paul addresses the issue of uh, eating meats offered to idols. Uh, Paul says that eating meat sold in the marketplace is not wrong in itself, right? But if eating uh, meat offered to idols causes anyone else to stumble, uh, then that activity uh, becomes wrong. So again he says, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. Paul says, I have the do, right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. So both Solomon and Paul uh, would agree that the ultimate goal for the Christian uh, in exercising their liberty or, or in exercising their freedoms uh, uh, should be, you know, of course, to glorify God, uh, not to hinder your own spiritual growth uh, or others, uh, edify fellow believers and, and have a good reputation before unbelievers. Because if we're out there, you know, doing some, you know, sinful thing and people know that we're a Christian, well, you know, what does that look like? That's, that's hypocrisy. Glorify God, don't hinder your own spiritual growth, edify fellow believers and have a good reputation before unbelievers. So whatever you, whatever you want to do, whatever you want to play uh, or watch or create or enjoy or read or eat or whatever it is, if it's not already forbidden by God's word, then you should meet that kind of criteria of, of glorifying God. And, and you know, believe it or not, it might sound like it, but there's still a whole lot of liberty in there. There's still a lot of room uh, to have fun. Um, Paul also says in Galatians, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly and in love. You know, Paul uses that as an example. So to sum up the first directive, life is good, life is a gift from God, so rejoice and enjoy uh, life in your youth, but do so wisely. 
you know, glorifying God. The next directive given by Solomon is found in verse 10. Remove. He says, remove vexation from your heart and put away pain from your body for youth and the dawn of life are vanity. Again, he's, he's speaking to youth, but the application is broad. So this, this is related to the previous uh, directive of rejoicing in life and the caution that God will hold you accountable uh, for your actions. Uh, to remove vexation means to, um, the, the, it could have a lot of meanings, but it includes being content, uh, removing anger, uh, uh, removing bitterness, uh, removing things that would cause unnecessary pain. And, and you know, Solomon, as, as we all know, uh, as we've gone through Ecclesiastes, he, he's certainly not denying that, that life is hard, that life can be painful, uh, that there will be grief, and that there will be mourning, and, and heartache, and loss, and, and we will suffer and weep. He's not denying any of those things. And by the way, all of those things fall under the realm of vanity as well, under the realm of fleeting. Uh, they are a, a vapor. They don't last forever. They will end. But Solomon knows that some of the pain, or the word that the Bible uses, vexation, some of that we bring upon ourselves, don't we? Lack of contentment or covetousness, you know, immoral living, bitterness, anxiety or worry. We bring a lot of those things on ourselves. Uh, but with the help of the Holy Spirit, we, we have control. We can, we can achieve victory over these things. In, in our youth, uh, these things, if we continue in these things, they can set a pattern. That's what Solomon's getting at. Those things can set a pattern uh, that can, for the whole life of vexation and pain. And Solomon is saying, remove them now while you're young. Create good habits now. Because those, those precious years go by so quickly that the youth can't waste time and can't miss opportunities uh, for preparing for the future. I mean, we think of all sorts of ways that the youth prepare for the future. You know, oftentimes we think financially and things like that, but there are spiritual ways that the youth or the young can prepare for the future as well. Charles uh, Spurgeon once said, youthful sins lay a foundation for aged sorrows. Youthful sins lay a foundation for aged sorrows. And I want to tell you, if you consider yourself a youth in here, you know, look around you, and I guarantee you that all of us older people, all of us older people have something or things uh, from our past that we wish we could have a do-over. I know I have a lot of them. I mean, I know that God forgives, but I still wish I could have some of those do-overs from my youth. And Solomon is saying it doesn't have to be that way for you. He says, remove vexation from your heart and put away pain from your body for the youth, for youth and the dawn of life are vanity or fleeting. It goes by so quickly. Finally, the third directive offered by Solomon is remember. Now, this last section is about getting old or being old. 
and therefore being much closer to death. And, and I know it, 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 it sounds morbid, but it's just reality. Uh, this, this part of the poem describes the aging process. And because, again, it's Hebrew poetry, not everybody agrees uh, on what the, the exact meaning of some of the words Solomon uses. But the overall point is explained in verse 1. So I'm going to emphasize verse 1, and then I'll, I'll briefly go over the rest. So verse 1 says, Remember also your Creator in the days of your youth, before the evil days come, and the years draw near of which you will say, I have no pleasure in them. Uh, again, I like the uh, New Living Translation. Uh, it has an interesting, uh, but I think accurate way of wording this. It, it goes like this, Don't let the excitement of youth cause you to forget your Creator. Honor Him in your youth before you grow old and say life is not pleasant anymore. I know I wasn't a follower of Christ until I was about 30. And even in my so-called maturity over the last you know, 25 plus years, sometimes I find it difficult to follow Christ. You know, especially in my own power. Solomon is suggesting how easy it is for youth uh, to neglect or forget about the Lord. I mean, when you're caught up in so many activities and so many opportunities, and, and even, even just the trials and tribulations of being young and trying to figure things out, whether you're 12 or 32, all these things can, can cause us to forget or, or neglect the Lord. And so there are so many things in this world tugging at our hearts, uh, especially the hearts of young people these days. We know this, and, and Solomon pleads, remember your Creator. In the Old Testament, remember is almost always associated with obedience. So remember actually means something like pay attention to or consider God with the intention of obeying God. So remember is pay attention to God with the intention of obeying God. I mean, when I was a kid, my friend and I, we snuck out, of, we sneaked or snuck out of the neighborhood, you know, without permission because we wanted to go fishing in the park and it's, it's two miles away and the roads are dangerous and all this stuff. So we, we, we snuck out of the neighborhood and we avoided all the main roads, we avoided all the public places and, and we fished where nobody else was around. We had a great time. We got back undetected, and everything was cool. A few days later, my mom asked me, So, how did your fishing trip go? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, she had me big time. So, uh, you know, I confessed. I finally confessed. Uh, I asked her how she knew, and of course she said, I have my ways. And I was grounded forever. Do we still use the term grounded? Okay, I, I was just wondering. I haven't had to ground my son in a while, so I was wondering if this is like a new term or something like that. But. So the, the problem was that, yeah, I remembered my mom, but I didn't remember her with the intent of obeying her. Okay, so I got into to big trouble. I remember my mom, you know, like we have to make sure my mom doesn't see us kind of thing. Not, you know, but you get it. So Solomon wants youth to remember God with the intent of obeying before you grow old. And, and that's what 
I, I know it sounds, um, it sounds bad, but that's what when the evil days uh, come means, growing old. I mean, we wouldn't call it that, but again, Hebrew poetry. And you say life is not pleasant anymore. Life goes by quickly. Set good habits in preparation for when you are older. Be mindful of God always on good days and bad days. And then the next seven verses, Solomon gives sort of a warning uh, to the youth of what elderly is, is going to be like. So I'm going to quickly go through those. So as I, as I read uh, each verse, I'm going to add my own words, remember. Okay, because Solomon started out with remember. So verse 2, remember him, my words, before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are darkened and the clouds return after the rain. So here the four lights could be a reference to uh, different kinds of joy which will fade or darken as one gets older. Or it could be a reference to one's eyesight growing weaker. And the clouds and rain could possibly be a reference to cataracts and tears. Verse 3, remember him in the day when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men are bent. So this, this is a possible reference to arms getting weaker and, and a, a person's back getting weaker and, and, and bending or slumping. And, and, and here's a good one. And the grinders cease because they are few. What do you think that means? Teeth, yeah, the grinders cease because they are few. And those who look through the window are dimmed. You know, another comment on eyesight. Verse 4, and the doors on the street are shut. It could mean that there are a few doors of opportunity available to the elderly. Again, they're not sure. Remember him when the sound of the grinding is low. A reference to hearing. And one rises up at the sound of a bird. That's a reference to not sleeping well or getting up too early, which you know, I, always, I already suffer from. And, and all the daughters of song are brought low. You know, more hearing issues. Verse 5, remember him before they are afraid also of what is high and terrors are in the way. That, that's a, a fear of falling. I know uh, lots of older people are afraid of falling or, or tripping over something. And the almond tree blossoms. When the almond tree blossoms, the, um, the flower is white. This is a reference to uh, white hair. Uh, the grasshopper drags itself along. Uh, the, uh, older people sometimes feel like they're a burden to others. And desire fails, which is a possible reference to sexual desire. Remember God because man is going to his eternal home and the mourners go about the streets. Um, this is a reference to funeral plans. Eternal home in Hebrew is uh, Beth Olam. And Beth Olam is the name for a Jewish cemetery. And then in verse 6, it includes a bunch, bunch of references to the breakdown of the body as a whole. Some people think uh, these are poetic references of death, to death. The silver cord is snapped. The golden bowl is broken. The pitcher is shattered at the fountain and the wheel broken at the cistern. Okay, Solomon, we get it. Finally, verse 7, and the dust returns to the earth as it was, and the Spirit returns to God who gave it. And uh, with this verse, Solomon closes out his creation 
reference. He began his thought in verse 1 by admonishing the youth to remember the Creator, and he ends the thought by acknowledging the Creator in verse 7. Psalm 103.14 says the same. He says, For He, God, knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. And then Solomon adds a reference to the afterlife, of which he had, as we know, he had limited understanding. And so that's Solomon's message to the youth. You know, whatever your definition of youth is. And, and uh, as we wrap up, I think there's uh, a broad application here. There's no reason why all people, young and old, can't enjoy life, can't rejoice in life, live life to the full. Because whether you're 8 or 80, our lives are still preciously short. And therefore, we all need to make the most of our days. Psalm 32.11 says, Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. Paul says in Philippians 4.4, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Paul wasn't content to say it just once. And Solomon also cautioned the youth, but it's applicable to all of us, to remove. Remove vexation from your heart. Remove lack of contentment or covetousness. Remove immoral living. Remove bitterness. Remove anxiety and worry. We have control over these things with the help of the Lord. And remove those things that could cause unnecessary pain and prohibit enjoying or enjoyment of this life. And finally, remember. Remember God, your Creator. Don't let the excitement of youth or the excitement of life, whether you're 8 or 80, don't let that cause you to forget your Creator. It's a universal problem for all people of all ages, men and women. And how often we let the things of this world, even the good things, even the wonderful things, crowd God out in our lives. And to close, I mean, I can just imagine that God's off to the side, you know, so to speak, and He's delighted that we're enjoying ourselves. He's, he's, he's so happy that we're happy but he's wondering why he wasn't invited to the party. He's wondering how it is that we have forgotten him. So remember your creator. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for these, these words of direction, these words of admonishment to not forget you, Lord, but also to not forget this wonderful world that you've created, Lord and that you've created us in your image with the ability to enjoy and create and, and to love and, and, and to do all these wonderful things, Lord. Help us take advantage of the time that you have given us, Lord, and to do all these things, Lord. We thank you. We thank you for your son, Jesus, and it's in his name that we pray. Amen.